For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's our Friday show. We're here with uh, Reverend Kurt Cooper. Kurt, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us this week. I'm glad to be here. Um, <clears throat> so something we like to ask uh, people on the show is, and the ensuing shows we'll have since this is the first show, mm-hmm. um, what book or books beside the Bible um, has shaped you the most? And then some that you're currently reading that have been helpful to you. Okay, well... Uh, in college, you read a lot of things. I think that's where you have your mind expanded a little bit. And I read Mere Christianity in college by C.S. Lewis, and it—I don't—it's kind of trite to say, well, it changed my life, but it answered so many of my questions, and in such a in such an artistic way, if I can say that. Absolutely. Uh, an artistic way, he just answered so many questions that I had about when I was questioning my faith. So it is probably, it's the book that I've read the most, that I've reread the most, book, nonfiction book that I've reread the most. And uh, it just, just I just, I go back to it a lot. You know, when he talks about pride and when he talks about temperance, um, you know, when he talks about atheism, there's just a lot of things in there that he just puts it in a way, that God just blessed him with an amazing intellect and a, just a gift to, to write and the way and to speak and the way that that, that that is written it just spoke to me so very Christianity very and is that somebody did somebody recommend that book to you were you asking some questions to somebody and they put that in your hand I cannot remember how I got it I, I, I literally cannot I might have just read the Chronicles I didn't read the Chronicles of Narnia until I was in college mm-hmm. so I might have just read those and been like what else has this guy written and it could have been a top who's this Lewis guy anyway? yeah exactly who's he think he is with his lions and his <laughs> with just... dryads or whatever they're called so I've got a really funny story about seeing that movie but I don't think it's a podcast appropriate so I'll just tell you later okay, okay. sounds good <laughs> super frustrating for the people listening That's, <laughs> we're just gonna have an inside joke later sorry for all you guys maybe the special edition podcast will come out later with yeah. deleted yeah scenes and deleted like scenes uh, so that is a book that was really important to me. Uh, the books I've read recently, the last two books I read, if I'm being completely honest, is I'm reading uh, The Sorcerer's Stone to my six-year-old, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone to my six-year-old. And we're, um, we just finished it. I'm amazed we finished it. It's taken us forever to finish it because it's a... Uh, it's six. Yeah, because he's six and he falls asleep after a page. And I don't think that he's really listening, but he is listening to everything. And it's been actually very cool because uh, we've talked about, like, you know, about, like, there's a scene in the first one, not in the movie. I don't know if this is in the movie. But in in the first one, Hermione, like, straight tells a lie. And she's kind of praised for it in the book. And we got to talk about why that's not okay. 
and how it really caused more problems than than if they had been honest, mm -hmm. and uh, and how we shouldn't tell lies. And uh, anyway, my he is following it a lot more closely than I thought a six year old would be able to follow it. Wow. Um, he begged me to read it to read it to him, and I kind of added to it a little bit too. Like for instance, I never use the phrase witch. I always just call them all wizards. Mm -hmm. The because right now, which six. Yeah, yeah, which is a scary thing to think yeah. about. It would confuse him. But that's interesting because I know some people, and this isn't really what I had planned on discussing, but this yeah. is this is helpful. Um, are kind of cautious of picking those books up. And oh yeah, I know Harry Potter in the first one. He he's ten and he turns eleven, and so yes. you, you know you kind of think maybe those are good ages to pick those yeah. books up. But six, that's, that's pretty young. It's pretty young, but also I have, you know, I have. Given him the oral history of Lord of the Rings, of uh, and we've, we're reading through Narnia too. Yeah, I, I actually just ran out of stories to tell him. Like I ran, I, I've told him like just the oral. He can't. Some of that prose is just too hard for a six-year-old. But he knows about Star Wars. He knows like he's just conscious of it. And so he asked me to just tell him the story. So I would just tell him as I remember it, like the story of Star Wars. We've done the whole thing. Okay, like he knows that Anakin turns into a bad guy. He knows that. So, I'm oh, sorry, spoiler alert. So, um, he knows that. Like, So, I told him the story of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and he'll ask me to tell those. Well, then he started asking me to tell the story of Harry Potter. He got culture, culturally aware of that, and he was like, I want to know the story of Harry Potter. Well, I don't know those stories as well. So, I was like, well, I'm just going to read it to him, and I'll try to edit it as best I can. And actually, we had one of our one of my best dad moments was because of Harry Potter, because not to just rehash this all the way, but, you know, Dudley is a huge jerk, Dudley Dursley in, in the in the book. He's a huge jerk, and he's really selfish, and when he gets his birthday, um, he counts up the presents, and there weren't as many as his mom said there were going to be, and he throws a big fit about it. And Harry, like, makes note of that. And my son, Campbell, he was like, ooh, Dudley is not being good. Well, then I dropped him off at his grandparents, my parents' house, and my mom had a gift for him, and she gave it to him. He was so excited, and then he looked at her, and he said, Dee Dee, that's what he calls my mom. He said, Dee Dee, on the on FaceTime you told me there were a few presents. One is not a few, three, <laughs> three is a few. And which is correct, by the way. All right, it's not a couple. But I looked at him, if I can brag for a second, I said, Campbell, you're being like Dudley right now. And his face completely changed. And he was like, I was like, you are you're not being thankful at all for your presence. You're being like Dudley and expecting more. And his face completely changed. He goes, I don't want to be like Dudley. And I was like, good. All right? You just need to say thank you to Didi and not complain that you don't have enough presents. So already it's like reaping benefits. But I am kind of suspicious of Harry Potter because it's like the sacred text of millennials. So I can't <laughs> like it too much. You know, I have to be able to make fun of it. Too much credit. Yeah. yeah, you know. The, but so I, I'm reading that, and we just finished that. Those are I, some good tangents, yeah. So you read that, and now what are some other? Well, I'm also reading Hillbilly Elegy, or oh, I just finished Hillbilly Elegy. I read that in a day and a half. Uh, that was so I've good. I've heard that's phenomenal. It's a it's phenomenal still. book. Um, I I don't know where to begin with it other than to say you should read it. Who wrote it again? What's His name is J.D. Vance, okay. and you should read that book. It will explain a lot of things. It will explain why Donald Trump won the presidential election, or at least one reason why he won the presidential election. But more than that, it will explain like the attitude of a vast majority of Americans who have kind of borne the brunt of industrial decay um, and uh, people who, mountain people who were moved, who moved to Ohio to chase a factory job. And, you know, that was their 
you know, that was the center of their community. And then that factory left. And then what are they left with? And, you know, it just, it starts with the Hatfields and McCoys and it just moves on. And it's very, very, I mean, now look, it's got a lot of bad language in it too. You need to know that. So if you're, that's going to bother you, then you, you really shouldn't read it, I guess. But I really recommend it because he explores a lot of difficult things and relational fallout and his family is kind of, is really broken and how that affects him and his relationships and he, and what it means to grow up like actually poor and how did all the disadvantages he had uh, that he realized when he went to Yale uh, he got into Yale and he went to Yale Law School and then he figured out that like he was just not taught things that a lot of people are taught it's just such a good book um, can't recommend it enough really good and we're reading yeah. All right. And my staff. So I'm, I made I made my interns and Mary Cam and I. We selected some books to read. And we're, we've read Hillbilly Elegy, and now we're reading the Screw Tape Letters. So and I haven't started that yet, but I've already read it twice. So I feel like I can kind of wing it a little bit in the discussions. And just kind of <laughs> skim. So yeah. Yeah. Well, any other more recent ones than that? No. Yeah. Those are the last two that I read. I'm trying to think. Um, I love fiction. I love good fiction. Uh, I, I'll recommend uh, A Brave New World to anybody that'll listen. Aldous Huxley, I think it's a good book. Yeah, you, you said earlier um, that Mere Christianity is the most nonfiction book that you read. Is that right? It, that I've read the mo- most yeah. times, reread the most re-read. times. So, what, what is is A Brave New World? The- no, I've only read Brave New World like three times, but I've probably read, I've probably read Chronicles of Narnia a good bit, and I've read. I, between Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings, I've probably read those like five times a piece, at least. That would be, that's a conservative estimate that I've read each one of those five times a piece. So, because huh. uh, I would just come back to them. What happens is, is like I have to preach a sermon or teach a Sunday school lesson, and I think of an illustration from one of those books, and then I just find myself like just continuing to read it. So, like I might start out in the two towers, and like the next thing I know, I'm finishing up, you know, Return of the King, and I'm like, what happened here? The, uh, so, um, so that I've, re- I've, re-read, I've read and reread those quite a bit. Okay. Well, Kurt, that's good. A lot of the reasons why we, I mean, I guess the reason why we ask this question is just we think we should, or you should be a lifelong student. That we should sure. be readers. We should be, you know, picking up good books and um, constantly. I mean, since God communicated through the written word, uh, we think that's important. So we want to encourage those listening to pick up some good books and, and read them. And so those are some some helpful ones and I'm kind of teeing this one up for you because I know it's one you've talked about a lot but The Reason for, for God by Tim Keller oh uh, yeah well that that's that's mere Christianity for the modern American and all your students need to read that it's whenever they're old enough to kind of understand it and start uh, we give it to our seniors before they go to college but just that is required reading for me for students before you before you go off, it's it's mere Christianity, but it's you know color is spelled without a U, and uh, <laughs> you know, and all the references aren't to World War II anymore. So it's just kind of a modernized version of the same kind of questions: Can there be only one true religion? How could a good God send someone to hell, et cetera, et cetera? So it, it just it handles all the things that you're gonna that your student is gonna question at some point in their life. If they're not questioning in high school or college, they'll, they'll question it at some point. Such a good book. I'm glad he wrote it. Really am thankful that he wrote it. So, yeah. Well, Kurt, uh, thanks again for taking the time to be with us this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I 
Appreciate your answers, and I know they'll be helpful to others. So thanks. Thanks for. I'm just happy to be asked. Good. Good to see you, John. Yeah. Good to see you. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to the local youth worker. As always, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped in your call as youth workers. If you take time to rate this podcast on iTunes, it would greatly help us. As always, we want to thank Joe Deegan for providing the music and encourage you to go out and purchase his newest CD, Cover and Title Page, which you can find at iTunes. See you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Oh, come and feast without.